Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. A hundred and ninety episodes that were just getting started. Hello, citizens. New Amsterdam Radio coming back 2023. Uh, back in the swing of things, came back last week, and I was worried whether or not people were going to be hanging around. Uh, we had some issues on the promotion of last week's episode, even though it was high class content and quality, but you showed up. So I thank you so much for that, citizens. You know, it's a whole new year. Hopefully it's a new you or you're keeping the same view from last year as you work to continuously approve uh, with all the projects that you're working on. NewAmsterdam.com, that's K-N-A-W, Amsterdam.com is the place to go to see all the links about the different shows and things I'm working on as we push this little freight train through the city. I'm not sure that metaphor works at all. My guest this week is Mark Hirschberg, who is just a bundle of knowledge but he's so measured about what he knows and what he's willing to share. And I thought that if you're kind of a individual that you are an expert, if you're a thought leader on a particular topic, you know, maybe you can pull some threads of what Mark does to present himself and his brand. But before I get into that, just got to say new am Sam radio is brought to you part by seat geek. You know, when I'm going to see the, the latest shows or seeing some of the sports teams here on this God's green earth, I'm using seat geek and you can too. Use promo code FLOPITO, that's F-L-O-B-I-T-O, for $20 off your first order. $20 off, first time at SeatGeek. Tell them FLOPITO sent you, F-L-O-B-I-T-O. Yes, social media, at New Amsterdam on Instagram, and at New underscore Amsterdam on that Twitter. But enough of me rambling. Now it's now for my chat with Mark Hirschberg. Welcome back to New Amsterdam Mayor, the podcast for creative thinkers and doers. It is I, the mayor, Lobo Boys, high atop in the mayor's office, speaking with those who do the dang thing. And my guest is doing like 25 billion things. I looked it up myself. Please welcome Mark Hirschberg. How's it going, sir? Going great. Thanks for having me on the show today. You know, as we're recording this, it's kind of the, the end of that holiday season. Holiday. Are you a holiday person or are you kind of bought humbugging at all? I'm pretty chill about the holidays. I look at as every day is a day we should focus on family, focus on being happy, and not just have that once a year focus. Yeah, that's true. I should do that. I put a note to myself, call my mama after this. Uh, <laughs> well, in our intro, we talked about what, you've, what you, you're doing currently. So the question I always ask a lot of my guests is if you had a party and someone asks you, hey, what do you do? How do you tell them? what you do how do you get so many different slashes into one one sentence it's hard to fit in a sentence i primarily build tech startup companies but i've also been teaching at mit and elsewhere for years and i turn that teaching into a book and then do some speaking related to that and i do some other stuff like angel investing and other things on the side so yeah that's a lot of slashes a lot of different things (laughs) How do you find time the angel of us on the side? I figure that's mostly research, right? And so that's like that's like hours upon hours of due diligence. How do you fit that in your schedule? The good news is from having spent my whole career in startups, it's pretty easy to do that first pass filter. It's very right. easy to recognize companies not worth investing in. Then yeah. when you find one that is worth investing in, I'm usually doing it as part of groups. I'm not doing it strictly by myself. There are other groups I'm part of, and so other people do due diligence. 
or even beyond that, I know how to do the analysis. So give me the financial analysis. So look, does the market sizing make sense? Does their business plan make sense? Go to market, KPIs, technology. And then it comes down to, do you think these people can make it happen or are they going to screw it up? And <laughs> there's only so much you can, you can assess. I had an investment earlier this year. Everything looked good. All the numbers looked good. The business was actually doing well. They were making some money. But it turned out the CEO, he'd been at this for years and he had prior companies that were successful. Yeah. He was holding out for a good valuation for the next round. Mm. And when the market went south in the spring of 2022, it just, the whole market locked up. It was really tough for anyone to raise money. I don't hold that against him, but he was holding out for something better and didn't have enough cash reserves. So ran the company into bankruptcy and wiped out the investors. Oh. That was that was frustrating. And the real frustrating part, here's an important lesson. Yeah. I got the notice from the lawyers that's in receivership. And it wasn't until a few weeks later that he reached out and said, hey, sorry about that. Okay. And here's, here's what you have to do. If you can go out and ask someone for money, which if you're ever raising for your company, you got to be the guy or the girl on the call saying, hey, I need $50,000. I need half a million dollars. You have to be able to ask, and it's okay to ask. But if you're the person who's going to ask someone for money, you also have to be the person to say, I screwed up and lost your money. You have to be the one when you make a mistake, when something goes wrong, you have to take responsibility. And that guy, I don't care that he lost the money. When you're an angel investor, you expect that to happen. Right. But how he handled it, that was a real red mark for me. Well, I don't accountability. What's that about, bro? I I could have possibly <laughs> fucking hide there, Mark. What are you talking about? No, I'm just kidding. You're absolutely right. I totally agree with you. Hundred percent. Money is no no like no laughing matter. So I, I get that. Hundred uh, percent. But one thing I like about accountability is it seems to be a through line through all that you do. Um, and one of the cool things I saw about coming across your profile and your work was about the very nature of brand building and networking. Parallel things kind of overlapped and what that is. And well, here's my most professional way of asking this question. Why is it so hard? For brand building or for networking? For both, both of them. Why? <laughs> okay, let's look at each one. For brand building, it's hard because there's so many brands out there. Yeah. And the thing about brand building is you're starting from zero. When there is an entirely new brand, consumers or businesses or whoever your customers are, they know nothing about it. Yeah. And we've all been burned before, whether it's someone who took your money and just didn't have the responsibility to call you back or that bad product or some bad experience. And we're hesitant. So you have to build up trust. Building trust takes time. It takes interaction. And that takes effort and money on your part, which as a startup, you don't have a lot of. So it's hard. It just, Rome wasn't built in a day and neither is your brand. Right. Likewise, networking. Now you, you mentioned they're kind of similar and they are in that networking. I have a brand. I have a personal brand among my peers, among my friends, among my colleagues. And it's the same thing that builds up over time. And so over time, people learn I'm reliable, I'm trustworthy, they learn a recommendation for me, what does that mean? How valuable is it? But it takes time to build it. You can lose it in an instant in both cases. If someone has a bad experience, that trust, that brand recognition or value instantly gets lost. But 
these are both things that take time. Yeah. You know, a lot of our listeners are, are entrepreneurs themselves. And the reason why I, I bundle these two together, because I really feel like when we're starting out with an idea of what our business should be, we feel like it's two spinning plates. When you're trying to work on one, one's kind of falling aside. So let me ask you about networking in particular, because I still struggle with this, especially uh, my day job, uh, quote unquote, is I'm a wedding DJ, which is funny because it's nights and weekends, but my day job, my, my main income source is I do parties. When I first started that job five years ago, I didn't know what networking was. I would go to parties, I would toss out business cards and go, why is nobody calling me? And I felt like a lot of us have to go through that period of going, oh wait, it's more about offering value than pieces of paper. Why is that such a platform or pitfall for a lot of new business owners, you think? We have been mistaught networking. We have this view that networking is tossing those cards. It's the guy who walks into the conference and runs around and meets all these people. He comes back half an hour later. He's got 20 business cards. You go, wow, how did he do that? That isn't networking. That's collecting business cards. Let's look at it a different way. Let's think about dating. We've got dating apps like Tinder. So you can go along and go swipe, swipe, swipe. Hey, look, here's some girl. I swipe right. She swipe right. Hey, we're, we're practically married. We're in a relationship, right? We both swipe right. Done. Aren't we dating now? Of course, you're <laughs> laughing because, yeah, that's insane. We're not dating. We both just expressed interest. What has to happen? Well, now we have to go on dates and see if that's a worthwhile relationship and build up that trust over time. We call that dating. When you're just adding people on LinkedIn or handing out business cards, that's like swiping right on Tinder. <laughs> that's not a relationship. That's not someone, oh, I met you yesterday, so tomorrow I can call on you to help me pack up my apartment or open the door to some big name CEO for me. You don't have that trust and you have to build that over time. It's not dating, but it's a different type of relationship building. And so we need to change the mentality from that collecting business cards, because that's what we see on TV. That's the telegenic part. You see the montage, you're going shaking hands and exchanging cards. But the real thing that happens is the slow over time getting to know you, building that trust. And that's how we need to think about networking. And you hit it on the head when you said value. It's we meet each other and I think, how can I help you? And I just go in with that mentality. Everyone you meet, think, how can I help this person? Now, again, if you said, hey, Mark, nice to meet you. I need to borrow $20,000. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit of an ask. But if, hey, Mark, you know, I know you've built apps before and I'm thinking of building one. Can I chat with you for 20, 30 minutes about it? Hey, no problem. I'm happy to help. And that's building that trust. It's building that value. So everyone you meet recognized meeting someone, that's a swipe right. But now you have to build that relationship and think about how can I help this person? I feel like on social media, though, it's kind of like this uh, this CEO worship, right? I feel like the new American dream is collecting side hustles and telling your friends you own your business. And I think a lot of people struggle with what with traditional work values versus this new economy. Are there rules? Are there guidelines? Are people just like just swimming around in the dark looking for success? What's your perspective on this shift and change? I think everyone is because we see survivorship bias. Here's what I mean by that. We hear stories about Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg, both who dropped out of college to go start their companies. We hear about Steve Jobs or these other people, Jeff Bezos from Amazon, who really founded the company and grew it and now are billionaires and like, wow, what a great rags to riches story. 
what a great, even though some people like Bill Gates wasn't exactly in rags to begin with, <laughs> still it's this great, you know, pulled themselves up by their bootstraps. What we don't hear are the thousands of other people who also dropped out of college or took all their savings and built a company and it went under a year, two years later when they didn't draw a single penny in salary and they just spent all their money. We don't write stories about that. And so in the news, we only hear the exciting parts of it. Likewise, on social media, people talk about their high side hustles, hearing, hey, man, you know, just like pulled down two Gs this weekend on my side hustle. No one's saying, hey, I spent the last two months trying to get clients and I went nowhere and I am exhausted and this sucks. We're right. not tweeting that. And so you see a strong bias that doesn't tell the real story. Yeah. What's more the culprit? And this is not this is kind of an open-ended question because again, I, I'm in that space, but I also feel like a lot of it is promoted for sake of social media. On one hand, though, there's it's kind of in, in the American DNA, right? You work hard. So you're working hard for something you want and to be able to get all the things that you want is the American dream. But at the other side, it kind of is like we expect our friends to instantly buy in. We expect to be successful in two or three years. We expect to wear clothes that we only dreamed about so we can take pictures of that. And I feel like that also is like a thing we pull from the ether. Like why are so many falsities just existing concurrently, you think? Well, there again, what are the photos we're posting? We're posting, hey, I'm at this party. I'm on the red carpet. You're not posting the, this is me after working 20 hours straight and I still have six hours to go and I'm exhausted, but I need right. to get it done and I just don't look good. No one's taking the selfie then and putting it up on social media. <laughs> I, I have a friend and I don't know if this was sent just to a private group or public, so I'm not going to name her name. She just put out her new promo video. She's a professional speaker as I am. And speakers, okay. we often have the video showing us up on stage and showing clips. It's professionally done. It looks really nice. And she had sent it out to her friends and we looked at. And then two days later, she posted a photo of some real low-end hotel room she was in. It was <laughs> almost sketchy level hotel room. And she joked about it. She said, hey, you know, you all just looked at my beautiful promo where I'm on these big stages and dressed up and looking great. And here's the reality. I'm in this crappy hotel. Yeah. You know, flew in late tonight. I got an early morning tomorrow. And that's the behind the scenes that we usually don't show. So I give her credit for saying, look behind the curtain and see reality. One of the cool things about seeing your work is that you're an advocate for having a career plan. And, and I know we talk about career plans and business plans for uh, those structured jobs, but entrepreneurs should have a plan too, even though it seems like the paths are seemingly infinite. Uh, can you speak more about that? We do need to have a plan. And what trips people up, they say, well, how can I possibly plan three, five, 10 years in the future? And you're right, it's, it's hard. But let's think about a project. If you have a big project at work or for a client, and you have a six-month project, your client's never going to accept, okay, right, got to do this in six months. Sounds good. I'll see you then. Client says, no, wait, hold on. Right. Let's do some check-ins or give me your project plan. Let's see a timeline. Let's see a budget. Now, we know you can't predict it all accurately. You can't say, well, exactly on day 37, here's where I'll be. But we know we have general ideas of where we should be. And we can also look back and say, ooh, I'm off plan. I have to adjust. If you 
do that, you're not guaranteed success, but not having a plan pretty much invites failure. And the same thing is true for our career. It's not that you say, well, here's exactly what I'm doing eight months and 17 days or eight years, two months, 17 days from now. But you say, here's where I need to be six to eight years from now. Here's where I need to be 10 to 15 years from now. And so you create this plan and there's, there's ways you can do it, but it's just like our project plans at work. And so you want to create this plan. And then the key thing is to go and revise the plan. So something you can do right now, I'm going to ask you to pause this show, but you have to come back. You're going to pause the show, open your phone and on your phone, you're going to bring up your calendar and you're going to write, think about my career and set that as a recurring event every six months. That's it. 30 minutes every six months, but now you have that check-in. Now you have the, hey, you know what? Let me just take 30 minutes and you can take more or you can do it every quarter. But now you're coming back and saying, let me think about the plan. Am I moving forward? Do I need to make any changes? And I've got on my website a list of questions you can use. I give this stuff away for free to help you think about your plan. Now you also brought up, what about people who are entrepreneurs? Say, oh, well, my title is CEO or founder or president. There's, there's no more promotions after that, so I don't need a plan. Your plan isn't just about titles. It's not just how do I get from manager to director to VP. It is just as important, even more so, about your growth, about I need to get better at networking. And this next year, part of my plan is developing my networking skills. Part of my plan might be developing my fundraising skills, my marketing skills. So you want to think about your personal development that is a key part of your career plan, regardless of what your title is. If I can be personal, just a little, a little bit, uh, you just are just a wealth of knowledge. And you could have just took this all for yourself and just said, <laughs> but it seems throughout your brands, you are, are devoted to sharing this knowledge with others on, on different content platforms, and different styles. What was the moment for you? And you said, hey, look, I have this, 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 this expertise. I'm a thought leadership here. Let me make sure that other people have access to this information as well. I've always cared about helping people do better in their lives. Now, we mentioned I've been teaching at MIT for over two decades. Mm -hmm. We start a program there referred to as the Career Success Accelerator. And it came out of feedback that I've seen at MIT and other universities where businesses have said, there's a whole bunch of skills we look for that we just can't find. I don't mean STEM skills. Sure, there's a shortage there. But they're talking about leadership, negotiating team building, communicating, all those soft skills we've heard of, but no one actually sits down and teaches it to us. No one says, by the way, you've heard network is important. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to tell you how to do it. They skip that second part. So right. we created this program at MIT. It's not just for engineering stuff. It's general skills. And I've been teaching for years and I've been saying, you know, it's not just MIT students who need this. It's not just college students. How do we get into a larger group? For various reasons, MIT didn't have time to get that online. We've put, MIT is known for putting a lot of our classes online for free. We initiated that almost 20 years ago, in fact. But I said, all right, well, if MIT can't do this, I'm going to do it. I put it into the book. Now, the book, there is a charge for that because the people who print it actually like to get paid. But everything <laughs> else on my website, all the other tools, I just give away for free. It's not about making money. I don't even ask for your email. I'm not trying to build up a list. Take it, use it, help yourself, 
help others. So we've got a whole bunch of free resources and questions I mentioned. There are free apps as well to help you learn because I just like helping people. Wow. You're a saint. <laughs> Are you sure from New York? Because I know I'm like, yo, let's bro, twenty dollars. I'll tell you. <laughs> Here's how I look at it. You and I live in a certain time period where we are lucky. We are lucky that we have social infrastructure. It's not perfect. There's a lot of things we still need to fix, but we're better off than we were a hundred years ago, 200, 500 years ago. We have resources. We have science. We have people who help each other. Now, if you're homeless, if you're homeless centuries ago, that's it. You were homeless. Now, it's still not great to be homeless, but there are shelters. There are people who do outreach and will give you blankets. We as society have benefited because people have said, I'm going to take one extra step towards helping my fellow person. And we all benefit from that. And if each of us takes that one further step, how much better do we create the world for the generations to come? We've been lucky. We've benefited from it. And so we have a debt to pay to the future generations. Mark, do you consider yourself uh, self-made? Why or why not? Not really. Mm-hmm. Because I won the birth lottery. I have two great parents, both of whom have graduate degrees, which was not very common for their generation. And they're loving, caring parents. I wouldn't say we were rich, but we certainly were comfortable. My parents helped me pay for college. So I had all these great advantages. I have to recognize where I've gone to. Part of it is the genetics. Thank you, mom and dad. Part of it is the resources that I didn't have to struggle. I didn't have to say, hey, how am I getting food today? I could Mm -hmm. say, hey, I've got my food. Don't have to worry about that. Now I can focus on studying. I knew in my early 20s, I did work for some startups. I knew if these things went under, yeah, I could move home back then. They wouldn't have liked it, but it was an option (laughs) for me. And so I've really benefited from all that. I have to recognize that's helped propel me forward. Sure. Yeah. I I totally tell you that's a a question I always go back and forth on too. So I'm glad. I appreciate your your honest assessment and answer. Um, But back to content uh, real quick. You mentioned something about being able to offer a resource uh, for others, which is really great. Uh, When people are starting their own business or their own content business specifically, there's always that debate about what's considered gated or ungated or what when to jump into monetization pool, if at all, back to brand building. How do you go about assessing that? Like, How do you know when it's time to build your brand with gated content or content for, for hire or something and say, oh, you know what? All for free, all open. It's hard to give a universal rule, but I'll tell you, here's a few things I do and why I do it this way. For some consulting I do. So I, in addition to the startups I build at various times when I've got extra capacity, when I'm between building startups, I'll do some consulting work as a fractional CTPO, chief technology officer or chief product officer or both. My rule is I will meet with anyone for an hour and we'll talk about your problems. We'll talk about what's going on. I'll point you in the right directions. And I'll give you advice for free. I don't say, oh, yeah, well, you know, I could solve that. Here's my contract, and then I'll tell you how. (laughs) If in an hour I can solve your problems, great, done. You probably didn't need me long-term anyway, and I'm happy to help. And you think, wow, that Mark, he's a good guy. That's that networking. That's that personal brand building. Mm -hmm. 
if in an hour I haven't solved all your problems, which I usually can't, but you start to see, hey, he does seem to be thinking about this the right way. This has been helpful. Boy, if I hire him, I'm going to be getting this going forward. So I'll usually do an hour. There have been a couple clients where the conversation's gone longer. So I don't say like, oh, tell me your problems and I'll tell you my price. Let's, right. let's do an hour talking through things. Right. For my content. Now, for a lot of authors, what they'll tell you is the book is not how you make money. Unless you're Stephen King or Stephen Covey or maybe some other author named Stephen, you're not making <laughs> significant money from book sales. And so the book is seen almost as lead gen. But still, if you give away the book, it can be devalued. You can be like, oh, yeah, it's a free book. Everyone's publishing a free ebook. So having, hey, you do have to pay something for this. There's some credibility for it. There's even some psychology of if you don't pay for it, you think, ah, it was free. It's not worth something. But when you actually say, hey, I'm paying $10, $20, $30 for this book, for this service, you know, it's worth something. And you're ascri ascribing some value to the person. Mm -hmm. So for books, typically that's why there's some fee. But again, everything else on my website, I give away for free. Most authors, they make their money through consulting. I don't consult based on what's on my book. So that's why I'm happy to just give away everything else. The programs that I have, for example, go do it yourself. You don't have to hire me to do it for you. <laughs> I'd rather help more people and I'm not trying to make money that way. Yeah. So I would say most people probably are a little too cautious, a little too, this is mine be more generous giving it away because that will help your brand value. Unless that's really the core thing, unless that's your proprietary thing, give it away because that's going to help your reputation and your brand. So forgive my pronunciation here, but tell me more about the Cognosco Media brand. It looks like uh, definitely one that seems to be ready and primed to grow and pivot need be, which is always a good thing for entrepreneurs. Make sure you don't put yourself in a corner. Uh, but let me more about that brand because it's really cool. I'm on the site right now, checking out some of the tabs. Yeah, Cognosco Media, and you did pronounce it right. You're one of you. It's Latin for I know or I learn. Oh. And we're all about learning tools. So our premier tool is Brain Bump. One of the things I found is with a book, you read a business book or self-help book and you say, wow, this is great. This is so good. And then you forget all two weeks later. That's not helpful. Right. And in fact, where you get the information, where you read information, isn't where you need information. We talked about networking. And in my book, there's a whole chapter on networking how to do it, and concrete, specific tips you can do. You're likely to read that sitting on your couch. Well, that's great if you want to network with your dog, but <laughs> you know your dog pretty well. You don't really need this <laughs> advice. When you need those tips is two months later as you go into some conference. But you read the book long ago. You forgot it. You're not going to carry my book with you. Even if you have the Kindle version, you're not going to be skimming through the book right before you go into the event. So that's not useful. I recognize there's a shortcoming and there's an app that we could do to solve this that remarkably no one had created. So we created Brain Bump. It's a cross between a flashcard app, a daily affirmation and a book summary app. So we took all the advice from my book, but also other books, blogs, podcasts, classes and talks. It's like Netflix. There's just new content coming in every month. 
Right. So we take that advice, you take the key ideas, what you might highlight in a book, and you have it in tip form. So you can either pull it up when you need it. Oh, I'm walking into this conference. Let me pull up the tips five minutes before I walk in the door. Or you can have it each morning. I want to get one networking tip at a time you set, 9 a.m., for example, right as you're walking into work. Or maybe it's a leadership tip as you're walking to the office. You just get, you don't even have to open the app. You just get pushed to your phone. You look, go great, swipe it away. But by seeing it over and over, you help reinforce it. You help remember it better. And so in this case, you get all the key tips from my book. Mm -hmm. They're free in the Brain Bump app. You can download the app for free. You can add my book for free. And this is a case where if I give it to you, there's a bunch of people who get more value from my book. There's probably some people who say, hey, you know what? I don't have to buy his book because I can get this for free. Mm -hmm. If that's how you want to do it, I am fine with that. So I give away the content because I think it will help more people. But the Brain Bump app is designed to let people pull information to them when and where they need it. And that's our first product, but we'll likely have more in the future. Available on iPhone and Android? Available for free, iPhone, Android. Go to brainbumpapp.com. And the reason I'm giving you that website is because here's one of the snafus, the type of thing you face as an entrepreneur. Okay. Brain bump is spelled two words, brain bump. That's how it is on the Android store. Apple, we typed in correctly, I checked, but if you search for brain bump two words on Apple, it does not come up. Oh. And for six months, Apple's been saying, oh yes, our engineers are looking into it. Oh man. But apparently the Apple engineers can't seem to solve this problem. So it's hard to find on Apple, which is frustrating. If people can't find your product, it's a lot right. harder for them to get it. So to get around this, we've done a couple things. Brainbumpapp.com. You can remember that website, brainbumpapp.com. And there you can just click through to whichever store you need. So I just tell people one URL to remember. We also use lots of QR codes. So people who have their content on the app, other authors and podcasters, they put their content there and say, hey, download the app. And they just put out links in QR codes. That's a universal one. It doesn't have to say, here's one for this store. Here's one for that store. So having a pain point necessitated the invention of having this website that could redirect people. Well, two things on that one. It, it's funny and refreshing to hear that because if anyone who started their own website has always had that situation where like one carrot could like break a page. And it's like, ah! And, and secondly, I hate to say it, but if it wasn't for the pandemic, I mean, I think QR codes were on their way out. <laughs> but that pandemic brought everyone back into QR code land and makes it almost an easy lingua franca when it comes to tech things. What's that? A, kind of a positive. Uh, Mark, we had to ask you the most difficult question. We ask all our guests here on the I Am Stam Radio because you put the hours in, you bring the midnight oil if need be what is your favorite junk food sir my favorite i'll say snack food is polio string cheese okay that, that's not junk though <laughs> it's at, at the amount i eat it's probably not good for my health <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I'm a burger guy myself. Uh, I eat those all the time. And cookies. Cookies are the best thing. And when I'm in New York, because I uh, am woefully homesick, Chinese food. There is no kind of Chinese food like New York style Chinese food. It's very specific to that region. So I hear you. For New York, I think I always like to get pizza and bagels because that is New York. Oh, yeah. Pizza bagels also too. But you know what? I've, I hate to say it. I've given up on pizza. Nothing's going to match. 
So I don't even try it. <laughs> I always pass. I go, no, 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 no. But but Chinese, because the thing is, you'll you'll be walking on the street here in California, and you can argue the Chinese food here is actually more accurate, <laughs> but it isn't the same to the greasy Americanized <laughs> New York style Chinese food. So props to that. Uh, so Mark, uh, as we wrap this up, I, again, I, I try to put down everything you've done into a box. But if I want to contact with you, engage with you, share with you polio string teas recipes, how do I call about doing that? There are three websites, which is a lot, which is good for brand building, but because I have multiple brands. So there is the books website, thecareertoolkitbook.com. And on that website, you can see where to buy the book, Amazon, other places. You can follow me on social media. Again, touch with me. I have more writing on there. I have lots of completely free resources on the resources page. That's all at thecareertoolkitbook.com. If you're interested in the free app, go to brainbumpapp.com. And there, of course, we've got links to both stores. You can download for free. You can learn a little more about the app. But that is brainbumpapp.com. And then you mentioned the Cognosco Media website. This I never thought would be public, so it's hard to, hard to know how to spell it. It is Cognosco Media, C-O-G-N-O-S-C-O media.com cognoscomedia.com and there you can see some of the theory and thinking behind brain bump and our opinion on media in general and you can follow those social media channels and get in touch with us there wow again doing so much i know your time is precious and valuable so appreciate being on the show new amsterdam Radio podcast for creatives thank you so much and if you have any lasting advice for those who are contemplating entrepreneurship now's the time don't do it alone you're not going to get it right. I'm not going to get it right. And I've been doing this for years. Find other entrepreneurs, find groups, whether it's local meetup groups, whether it's a group like YPO, Young, I think it's Young Presidents Organization is the current name of it, or any other groups, just find groups of other people doing similar things. I don't mean in your space, but I mean entrepreneurs or people who are at your level and talk to each other, get help from them, talk to them about their problems. They'll talk to you about theirs and you'll learn from each other. Don't do it alone. It is so much easier when you've got other people to help support you. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours. <laughs>